0: Here comes another edition of Talking Fußball, Direct, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. I'm your host, Matt Herman. This week, we are experiencing, you know, something like a solar eclipse. It's fleeting. It burns so brightly, you should probably protect your eyes. It is a match day without FC Bayern München on top. At the end, with me to talk about this big shakeup and how long it might last is a delightful returning guest. You may have heard her on the Zweite Bundesliga pod or or if you speak German. It is Eva Latabola. Hi. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> How's life? Uh, you know, back in your <laughs> spiritual home, the, the, the Zweite Bundesliga, with your beloved Armenia.
1: I think after today. I can live with it (laughs) from time to time. It uh, was a bit difficult. I forgot about some things that come along with the Zweite Bundesliga. (laughs) For example, certain people on Sky and obviously the kickoff times are very early, especially if you're taking the away trip, for example, to Heidenheim, getting up at five in the morning to go there to see a one-on draw and uh, first of all seeing your team concede after three minutes it's like (laughs) okay great great to be back (laughs) no but all in all it's fun to have the podcast to kind of have a therapeutic way talking about it (laughs) so I'm sure Matthew loves it he does not from time to time I know that but yeah I mean the Bundesliga is fun so far, but after you asked me to come on, I was like, how does the table look like <laughs> even? Like, I had no idea at all. I was like, so this is surprising. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for uh, getting me back on on track. All things Bundesliga as
0: well. No worries. I'm excited to chat. We will be right back with, uh, you know, the best and the rest of Match Day 5. In the meantime, please make sure to Subscribe to the pod. Leave us a five-star rating if you like. It helps get the word out about us. You know, if you really, really, really like us, sign up on Patreon. we got lots of timeless content over there. A new season of our history series, Historic Matchday Moments, is running. Most recently, we have what uh, about the goal Jürgen Klopp called the greatest in Bundesliga history. Check it out. All right, here comes part one of Talking Foosball Direct, the best of the match day just gone. This was match day five. Yeah, yeah, we've got change at the top of the Bundesliga, winds of change, if you will, blowing through the league. FC Bayern München, they're no longer top. The series of results on the weekend uh, have basically conspired to dethrone the Rekordmeister, at least for the time being. For now, though, we've got SC Freiburg on top of the league. Level on points, but better on goal difference than uh, Borussia Dortmund. Those two were both winners on match day five. Freiburg in Leverkusen, Dortmund at home to Hoffenheim. The two teams went into the weekend level on points. That was uh, Union Berlin and Bayern. They played to a 1-1 draw, appropriately enough. So let's actually start there. This is the second week running that Bayern have uh, left the match day with a 1-1 draw. Last week, it was Borussia Mönchengladbach basically sneaking a draw at the Alliance with, you know, a monster performance from Jan Zomar and a little bit of luck, I guess. This week, I would say for the most part, Union really managed to bottle the Bavarians up well before the goal line. What did you make of, you know, Union's defensive effort in this one? Was it something that you expected to go as effectively as it did? Well, I was a bit
1: reminded of the 2020-21 season where Union actually drew both games with Bayern at the Eidelfesterei and at the Allianz Arena. And I think this is something we know and we shouldn't be that surprised anymore that Union is able to do that. I think uh, someone we can really look at is Frederik Rönneau. He is kind of in a new role here, Something we might not have expected uh, that he is functioning that well. I mean, there was a lot of change looking at the goalkeeper position at at Union. And I thought so far he managed to do a great job. And yeah, I think it's more that the way Bayern was not able to break their defence there were times where they were coming forward, but not, I think, in a way that yet the feeling Union is going to break down at any second. I mean, you have to say Union even had the chance with leveling to take the lead again, where Upperminkano makes a mistake and then there's a, a, a great save by Manu Noya. In the end, I think all in all, it's, it's a deserved draw. And I mean, uh, both teams... Had their problems in defending with the goals they conceded. If you look at the first goal, I think uh, the free kick is discussable. I'm not sure if you really have to give it because I don't think it's a it's a clear foul on on Schäfer. But yeah, it's um, we know that uh, Trimmel is 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 great in a lot of things he does, especially set pieces and. Yeah, I think I I don't know why Mani was, was the responsible person for Becca there. I thought that was quite a mismatch in the end, nevertheless. So yeah, that was probably something you have to look at and then yeah, it's a it's a deflected ball by Kimmich in the end, so not a lot of things to do for Union there. But after that, yeah, very strong defence. Um obviously Neuer had to be in the centre for one or two parts as well, but Yeah, I mean, as mentioned before, if you're really that surprised by their Dungeon performance, you didn't really take a look at them the past couple of years. I mean, they had bad performances against Bayern as well, obviously, but they also were close to that one before.
0: Yeah, I think it's good you brought that up that, uh, you know, they've had Bayern's number at times in the past, and, and certainly style of play-wise, uh, this shouldn't have surprised anybody. It's interesting that ognon have really leaned in to this this sort of style, this this character that they have developed since since coming up in the, the first division. Essentially, they're they're very willing to play very compact defense. They're willing to sort of sit pretty deeply, which is not a very popular thing in the Bundesliga comparatively to some other leagues maybe they're very proficient on the counter they have, have put a lot of emphasis on speedy forwards who who make smart decisions on the break with respect they they're very good at tactical fouling and i think they you know took some advantage of that yesterday and were given a little bit maybe more advantage than some people thought considering they didn't get a yellow card until about three minutes before the game ended in a way they're, they're kind of turning into like a an Atletico of the Bundesliga. How far can this take them? I mean, they're up in fourth place now. They're only a point off the top. They held, you know, Bayern. They went toe-to-toe with them and held them to a draw. Is this way of playing? Is this something that can actually take them to the next level, into the top four at the end of the season, playing in the biggest stage?
1: Last season, I thought, With a a conference league, this is like a huge, huge task for them to fill. Do they have enough players to go through with it until the end of the season to play international football next year again? And they managed to do so. I think this, yeah, this was after obviously staying in the league year in, year out. I mean, You have to give them credit for what they achieved. We saw teams that struggled in their second year, uh, struggled when they had to play international football because they didn't have the squad depth to do so. And I mean, if you look at this game, Behrens had to, to play. I know him from playing at Sandhausen like two years ago. It's amazing how quickly he got into Bundesliga football and that together with Schäfer, he put a lot of pressure on Bayern when needed like uh, I think especially Behrens and De Ligt were a good match in a way because yeah, they were always in duels together and I think it it really depends I mean, no disrespect but obviously the Europa League is is another step than than Conference League we have that huge, huge gap this year with the World Cup what well, we don't know for either league with clubs that have to give away a lot of players for the World Cup or for the national teams, how that will all end. I said this for both leagues. For me, it's the hardest way to decide which team will end up where. Because obviously in the Bundesliga, you have more clubs that are able to put some money into it in come winter and come the World Cup. Uh, You don't really have that in the 2. Bundesliga as much as you do as you have in the Bundesliga. So cards are being mixed a lot. I said both in the Bundesliga and the 2. Liga winning the league at halftime won't probably mean it as much as the years before. Because, yeah, you have two months. This is more... In from match day 17 to 18, then you had in the Zweite Bundesliga from match day 34 last season to match day one this season. So it's even crazier to begin with. But yeah, so I think it has a lot to do, even more this year, how they yeah how just how they manage all three. Cups basically the the league the DFB Pokal and obviously the Europa League so yeah but after I was so skeptical last year I'm not going to do the same mistake again this year
0: no 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 I think I think the floor is a lot higher for most of us when we're considering Unions future as than, than perhaps than past years. You know, we know they are, of course, uh, opening up their Europa League campaign. They're hosting saint Gilloise on Thursday. But I wanted to actually move over and talk about Bayern for a moment. I guess it's really affecting both of these teams considering the real compression of the Europa League and Champions League and Conference League, et cetera, et cetera. Group stage, I mean, they're basically just going bang, 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 bang. They want to get the entire group stage done prior to the World Cup break, which means there's just going to be a lot of jam-packed weeks. I mean, Bayern kind of already got started with that last week. They had, you know, a a cup match. They rotated a lot, got a win over Victoria Cone. But it's definitely going to show the teams that have depth and the teams that have a coherent system where players know how to go in and out and still function are going to be the ones who benefit. Do you think there's anything about that set of circumstances with Bayern, with a lot of new players coming in, with a team that doesn't have the centerpiece that it once had with Lewandowski, that they are maybe not getting some of the league results that they thought. I mean, have they found the right balance rotation wise, maybe?
1: I think this time when they had a couple of draws was always there. It was just normally we had this in the second leg of the season. So, Towards a time where we all thought, oh, can... So around March, probably, where we all thought, okay, this could be the time if Borussia Dortmund is deciding to be part of the champion fight again. This could be the time. Um, And I think it's just a bit earlier this season or for a time where it's more natural to come because obviously, yeah, as you've mentioned, new players coming in, then obviously... You always have players like Goretzka who were injured a lot, who are coming into training, not really during the perfect timing, but throughout the beginning of the season. Then you probably had a very good start to the season where you thought, okay, Nagetskman can actually play the football he wants to, because obviously, under Lewandowski, the match plan was. I would say in seven out of 10 games was kind of being set from the get-go because of Lewandowski. And Mani is just a, a different player. And I think you can see that from time to time, how he's being put in into the game. But I think it's very natural that this team needs time. Obviously, it does not have that time, as you've mentioned, with the packed weeks, with what we obviously call the, the English week with the midweek fixtures a lot. But yeah, Bayern has to prove that all the money they invested in, I mean, for example, they brought Thomas Müller from the bench on Saturday, probably also looking forward to all those midweek matches. So yeah, I think really the group stage, they have to get through this. I don't think it will be as clear cut as they might imagine. Uh, but I still think they, they're going to manage it. But the question is, what does it mean for the league? So I would imagine if they perform we- very, very well in the Champions League, obviously we're going to talk about Freiburg in a minute, what they're going to do, because not going to talk Borussia Dortmund so far, because I'm still not really convinced on what they're doing. But yeah, you, you have teams like Freiburg, for example, who are going to really... Play with with a lot of freedom because nobody really expects them to handle the Champions League and the Bundesliga at the same time. So, or or the international football and the Bundesliga at the same time.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's leave Bayern behind. They're they're headed to uh, Milan on Wednesday. They're playing Inter. Uh, let's do talk about Freiburg, who were three two winners over Leverkusen. In Leverkusen, in fact, Leverkusen actually took the lead. At home to Freiburg, they held it uh, all the way through halftime. They were sort of in control of the game. They seemed a pretty good bet to stay on the winning path that they got on last week, but they didn't. Big second half from Freiburg. Matthias Ginter, Michel Grigorich, and Ritsu Doan basically popped Leverkusen's bubble. That means, as I mentioned at the top of the show, after five matches, Freiburg are top of the league They have 12 points. This is their best ever start to a Bundesliga season. How impressed are you by Freiburg? Not just the achievement of of being where they are, but how good are they?
1: Well, I thought they were a bit lucky that Leverkusen didn't score more goals in the first half. Because as you've mentioned, they look very comfortable, very much in control. Freiburg with a lot of problems. And then, obviously, in the second half, I thought Streich saw that he he had to bring Doan back on because I think without him, he's a very important factor going forward. And He scored the third goal, but just, nevertheless, he's just, I think, creatively a good factor in this team. Before that match, he had switched to five in the back, and I thought just, yeah, that was... For the team, Freiburg is at the moment that was just too shy, and that Freiburg was not really comfortable in playing that way. Yeah, and and I think. Freiburg has just a very important weapon and then this is their set pieces. If it's either from Grifo or from Günther or by Günther, uh, it's amazing how good they were. And I mean, it's kind of the, still the love story of the summer. Günther being back at Freiburg scoring goals like this. And obviously, Freiburg was just very efficient. And sometimes you have to be efficient, something Leverkusen was not in the first half. I mean, out of three shots on target, they scored two goals, used the mistakes. Leverkusen offered them for the second goal. I think it was Tatsuba. And then was not really impressed by the fact that, yeah, Schick, Leverkusen, I mean, it was uh, Sheikh's first goal this season. I think Leverkusen fans were hoping for the first home win or for their not first home defeat as well. But yeah, I think Leverkusen is kind of the last story of the last two years. I mean, it was so unlucky for them losing that final in the DFB Pokal. I mean, I think 99% of football fans in in Germany were really rooting for them just because they're very, their coach is great. The club is just very, I think there's not a lot of things you can hate about them. And yeah, just in general, I'm very impressed, although I really have to say, obviously, you have to see how the international football will affect them, because I'm not completely sure about that. We're going to talk about Frankfurt, obviously, as well. I'm a bit more comfortable or confident about them. For Freiburg, I'm not sure, because as we've seen in this game, they more or less have to depend on their first 11, or just say first 13 and this cannot work for a whole season so it's probably something yeah that might be a problem but on the other hand getting the points as early in the season as you can is very important not to be in the mix for relegation because that's something we have seen before as well for smaller clubs not with amount of money to have a second team behind it can very much, although they play international football, can very much be in the mix of the relegation battle at the same time. Um, And getting the points now, I mean, nobody really expects Freiburg to stand there at the end of the season as well. So I think it's just good for their confidence, good for getting the points, and good for starting their international football season as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are starting. They're starting on Thursday. Karabach are coming to Freiburg. To play a game. Leverkusen, they are traveling. They are going to Brügge on, I guess, Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure in, in my head which one it is. Do you think there's a chance that, Lever- since Leverkusen has started so poorly in the Bundesliga season, that, um, you know, clearing their heads a little bit with some uh, Champions League football, even if that's in a lot of cases going to be more difficult, that it might actually do them some good?
1: Well, I think. <laughs> The problem is that Leverkusen has shown a lot of different faces so far this season. Defensively, they've been rather terrible. I think we, it's safe to say that the Pokal game against Eversberg was a disaster class, you could call it. And I mean, obviously, they scored a lot of goals against Mainz, but probably had something to do with Minds not really being able to answer anything Liverpool offered them. So I think the first thing they have to concentrate on is obviously defense, but also being efficient going forward. The amount of chances they had in the first half or the the control they had, they really have to bring it on the score sheet. Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very difficult start into the Champions League season. But I'm still confident they can do it. I mean, although it, it wasn't enough for a win in the end, I think uh, it's just important for the team that Schick scored. Obviously, assist by and Odai, who was just or who just came in, just flew in a couple of days ago before that game. And I mean, that was a beautiful cross uh, in the end, finding finding Schick. And I think all this, that can help. And sometimes you have this, that when the cards are being mixed, or there's just new, just completely everything starts from zero. And it's like that in the Champions League. You can use that and maybe they can, and then they can bring it into the
0: league as well. Yeah, we shall see. And I I did actually find out. It's uh, it's, it's Wednesday. It's a Wednesday game. Let's move on and talk a little bit about Dortmund and Hoffenheim just briefly. Dortmund, of course, they're nipping at Freiburg's heels. They're level on 12 points after their 1-0 win on Friday night. It was Marco Royce who got the only goal of that game, finished off what I thought was a pretty lovely one-time setup from Julian Brandt on that goal, about a quarter of an hour. And they had a chance to build a bigger lead, but they didn't take him. You know, this was only a 1-0 win for Dortmund, but I thought it was nonetheless a pretty solid win. You mentioned a moment ago that you have yet to be particularly convinced by Bay. What's up with that?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, the game against Vera Bring comes to mind, mm-hmm. uh, where they completely lost it towards the end. But also, I mean, if Hoffenheim in any way would have been able to answer um, what Dortmund brought on the pitch, which was good football, which was basically, they were in, in the duels, every second ball, every deflected ball, every repelled ball was basically coming to Dortmund in the end. So Hoffenheim was just not very good in this game. But I thought their attempts for the second goal were from time to time just... Too quickly taken. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Jude Bellingham, but he seems to be everywhere in defending, in, in going forward. But yeah, I think I'm not completely convinced because we know Dortmund. I think that's the problem. We know there were so many times in the last, I don't know, five years where I thought, oh, this season it could, like, it really could happen that Bayern is not going to become champions and then Dortmund always finds the way to just screw it up and so I think I'm really careful with this this year because they always have these games against teams or teams that were promoted like Bremen or obviously their usual games against Augsburg (laughs) where they completely lose it so In that way, I'm not completely convinced because obviously you see that Haaland is not in the squad anymore. Modest has scored his first goal. He does make a lot of meters going forward in the game, but I'm still not completely convinced he can really fill that void. A void that Haaland left even before, uh, or he left, kind of, in the second leg of the season. So. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm just careful because I don't want to get my hopes up that Bayern's not going to become champions. So I think that's why. I mean, it was a comfortable win as you've mentioned, but we know football. When you don't score the second goal, one good executed. Counter attack and and Hoffenheim has players like uh, Georginio Yorita who you, who are really good at doing those kinds of things and it's 1-1 and you say well always a good performance but and then you you have that very very horrible talk that all Dortmund fans have about mentality like what was missing for that second goal yeah and I think that's just why I'm being a bit careful and obviously. No matter how good they have performed in the Bundesliga internationally, it was always till us for the last couple of years. I think that's fair to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, an an interesting barometer, perhaps, to see whether Dortmund get off on the right foot. They are hosting FC Copenhagen on uh, on Tuesday. You know, theoretically, that should be a fairly soft beginning to a Champions League campaign, playing the ostensible worst team in your group at home, but. You know, it's Dortmund. It's Dortmund. We'll be right back with part two of Talking Foosball Direct. Okay, here is part two of Talking Foosball Direct, the part where we talk about the rest of the match day just gone. This is match day five. I'm Matt Herman. I'm here with Eva Lotabola. Let's talk about maybe the most definitive, the most telling result of the week. This was the Topspiel, as it were. Frankfurt Eintracht absolutely embarrassed RB Leipzig with a 4-0 win. Four different goal scorers for the Eagles, though uh, you know, two players who didn't get on the score sheet were the ones maybe running the show: Mario Götze and Randal Kolo Muani. They had their way with the RB defense. They picked them apart again and again. I guess before we start talking about <laughs> the problems in Leipzig, which I think there's there's, there's some meat on the bone there, uh, let's talk about Frankfurt. And I'm really excited about this sort of partnership that's sprung up between Kolomawani and Gutza. They seem to just really have an understanding. Their games really complement each other well. I'm pretty psyched about this.
1: Yeah, me too. I actually saw Frankfurt in Bremen last week and it was a really, really funny uh, game to watch. But there you could already see Götze, Moani. If they work together well, uh, this could be a really good Bundesliga season for Frankfurt as well because obviously they had a perfect international season, but in the Bundesliga, Yeah, they were really hoping to get into international football in the end. It was really, really close, obviously. No, but I mean, as just as a neutral, I think you're you're happy for Mario Goetze because obviously he didn't have the easiest time after 2014. And then, yeah, it was all a bit, okay. he's coming back to the Bundesliga. How is this going to work? I think so far amazing i mean that 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 cross to moani before the 1-0 that finds kamada i mean kamada also a player we probably need to talk about because he kind of always flies a bit under the radar
0: and he's he's been a streaky player the last few years but it looks like maybe he's just going to be good all the time which yeah. would also be very big for eintracht
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i have a couple of eintracht friends and one of those friends is Just to put it nicely, not a huge fan. (laughs) So so she more or less only focused on things he does badly, not what he does well. But yeah, I think just in general, you could really see the joy in playing by them, especially after the first goal. The way they were picking uh, Leipzig apart was, was really, really good, especially in the second half as well. I mean, they were using... Leipzig's mistakes in build-up play very, very deadly. I mean, you you Götze nearly got his goal, actually. Then he nearly got his goal again where Gulashi saves it and then the repel ball comes to Tuta where I think I still not completely understand why it is an offside because obviously Tuta is an offside but Kamara, I think, is and he basically stands before Gulashi and yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to understand offside rules or any kind of rules anytime soon. I just don't. But then, obviously, if you can bring Boré and Knauf off the bench, this is squad depth, especially going forward, right there. I mean, I, I forgot about them, that they still had them uh-huh. squad. And I think that we do not talk about. Philip Kostic after match day four and five is huge for Frankfurt. We will probably talk about him at some sort again. But as for now, that was that was a huge win. And I mean if you compare it to the week before where defensively we had a lot of question marks let's say that. Obviously, Airbnb didn't really offer much going forward, but when Trapp was needed, he was there. And I think all in all, uh, this could be a very, very interesting uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. And I'm just interested to see what they can do.
0: Yeah, you mentioned AirBnb didn't offer a lot going forward. I've seen, you know, slightly differing estimates of their expected goals from the game. They all hover around one quarter to one third of a goal which uh, that's, more of a, that's more of a number we associate with the, uh, with the Augsburgs and Herpes of the world. Frankfurt, they're getting ready for their first UEFA Champions League campaign in club history. You know, they have a history in the European Cup, of course, many, 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 many years ago. But this is their first Champions League campaign. They are um, hosting Sporting Club de Portugal. What should we expect from this Champions League campaign other than, you know, bodacious crowds home and away, which we got in spades last season in the Europa League.
1: I think I saw this before where I think a Portuguese newspaper asked what Eintracht Frankfurt they could expect, the Bundesliga one or the international one. I think at this stage you do not want either one after last weekend's result, basically. I think with Eintracht Frankfurt in the Champions League, there's not anything you cannot expect. I mean, it's not an easy group. I think it's going to be very, very difficult for them. But I think just because, once again, they know they do not have anything to lose. Obviously, the expectations are a bit higher than from the two Europa League seasons. We know them off, but nevertheless, they're not where... I think the world looks at for the German football clubs. There are other clubs we look at there, obviously, and I think that they can still bring a lot to the table, but they're not the first club we look football Obviously, fan-wise, we do, but just from the pure football, they're not the first ones we kind of shine the light on. I think that's something they can use. Yeah, and as mentioned with Eintracht Frankfurt, I'm not going to get into any expectations or any guesses because this is how we say in German about the dfb eigenen it's its own laws, its own rules. It's the same with international football.
0: Yeah, you never know what's going to happen when you put a bunch of teams. <laughs> I mean, I think the other interesting thing in that group is that, you know, you don't have any sort of perennial Champions League teams in there? I mean, yes, Spurs, Marseille, and Sporting have been in the Champions League much more recently than, you know, Eintracht have, who have never been there. But these are not exactly teams who are, like, you know, taking up permanent residence there. So I think some interesting things could happen. Let's let's turn our attention momentarily to Leipzig. They've had a few games where they've been maybe a little unlucky or a little less than clinical in front of goal. This was not one of those. They just stunk on Saturday night. They were terrible. They are now, what, in... I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. They're in 11th place. They're on five points. They're hosting Shakhtar Donetsk on Tuesday. They're getting, you know, into Europe. The games are going to start coming thick and fast. Should we expect any coaching changes to happen at Leipzig anytime soon? I mean, it does feel quite premature being five games into the season, but there's... Not a lot of sort of organic connection, maybe between Domenico Tedesco and that club. Unlike a lot of the previous managers who have been there, they don't want to be terrible. <laughs> I don't know where is this all headed.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of difficult because you, in a way, you're reminded of obviously last season with Marsh, and then obviously it was sacked for Tedesco. But I think the difference is that. We kind of know that under Tedesco they can do better, but I just think that the club isn't or the team isn't really sure where to head at the moment. With bringing back Timo Werner, then you have Nunkunku, I have the feeling they do not work together very well. One of their best chances on the weekend was through Raum. I always, always forget, by the way, that Angelini now plays for Hoffenheim, who's bit surprised by that fact on Friday night I was like yeah him. <laughs> right that was that whole thingy I don't know I think what they have to get around is that the expectations are a bit higher with them winning the cup and that's something they can't really get behind yet and I mean obviously they were a bit unlucky in the first half with Omo having to be subbed off And then Forsberg came on, but mean Forsberg, I think, found very harsh words saying, this is not the way to perform in Frankfurt, to perform at all. They weren't on the pitch. Uh, I think this is very dramatic in a way. I mean, they found a way to turn around last season, so I'm not completely done with them yet. I do not think we we will see managers change that soon especially because we know that Tedesco can do better. I think that's something you cannot compare to Marsh. But yeah, we will see. I mean, there are a couple of teams before them in the table that I do think will get kind of a little bit lower throughout the season. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, this shouldn't be their optimum. Uh, there is a lot they can change. And I mean, obviously, they've never won in Frankfurt, so... They hoped to change that, but that didn't really work.
0: Yeah, the streak held steady. Okay, we got some more games to talk over. This one has, you know, some similarities, I guess. It's a team who's who's underperforming pretty badly, considering its resources as well as another team. Getting ready to get into Europe. That's Wolfsburg and Cologne. Wolfsburg, they actually took a lead early in this game, but didn't hold. Basically, an avalanche from Cologne turned this game around. Where do you want to go with this? Cologne, they're they are heading into their uh, Europa Conference League campaign. They thought for a moment that they weren't going to get any tickets or were going to get a very small number of tickets for the, uh, as you say, Nice game. But it turned out that uh, Nice – Decided not to, uh, you know, lowball them and 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 sort of limit their attendance. They're actually—it looks like they're looking at a Cologne game as as a business opportunity because they allocated eight thousand tickets for Cologne fans. Which, you know, knowing Cologne fans, I think they're probably going to take them up on that offer. Where do you see Cologne? heading into their European campaign. I mean, they're riding high, I would say, in the Bundesliga.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> the funny thing about this is that I follow a couple of Cologne fans on Twitter.
0: Don't we all? Don't we, we
1: all? all? <laughs> and obviously when the transfer window closed, basically I read everything about we're going to be relegated right away, kind of. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's a bit understandable if you the whole course, uh Sebastian Andersson is just, yeah, a huge, huge shitshow. I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, I mean, I think he had several offers, but I wanted to stay at Cologne and he's injured once again. Surprise. And then, obviously, Stefan Tigges as the new Anthony Modest. I didn't really understand that move either. But I mean, yeah, in the end, uh, they really, really fought against every obstacle in this game. Defensively, there were a lot of question marks whether this is going to hold. And I mean, obviously, this was only the first game where it had to hold. There are going to be some interesting weeks. And I mean, I think it was already a good answer for them uh, in the qualifiers that they managed to turn it around. Yeah, I think with Cologne, it's always... When they play international football, they're one of the teams you you kind of have to worry about because of squad depth, whether they're going to last until the end and especially not coming into any sort of trouble league-wise. Yeah, I'm always not sure with them. Steffen Baumgart always manages to, to turn them around at some stage. Uh, and I've read too many Apocalypse Now scenarios by, by FT fans now <laughs> to really, really give them any sort of credit for that. So, I don't know. It's cologne. They're going to do what they do.
0: Yeah, they're going to run very hot at times and very cold at others. I think they've more or less been on a hot streak the last couple of years. So, you know, maybe it'll continue. Wolfsburg, however, are are bad. Wolfsburg are bad. They were a bit less hopeless at creating chances and, and actually scoring goals this week. But they are still well off the pace. They deserve to lose this game. Marcel Schaefer however says that Nico Kovac their new coach is you know he's steady in the saddle he doesn't have to worry about his job what does Nico Kovac need to do to get this team to actually score goals and get results
1: i think first of all they they are a bit unlucky with injuries as well and obviously the daniel schlager going to every leipzig is probably one of their biggest losses then they had all the talks whether Kruise is going to leave the club as well and, and all that. So, yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I I thought it's a huge risk with the amount of young players coming in and then obviously a new coach and the whole thing, how it went down with Kohfeldt, obviously last season with Van Bommel, how it's going to go. And so far, not well. <laughs> They weren't really convincing so far. We have seen the last couple of years that they, from time to time, had those moments, sometimes earlier, sometimes later in the season. But obviously it's it's quite clear that they have to improve. That just from the talent that is in this team, they really, really have to step it up. I'm not quite sure whether Niko Kovac can turn it around I mean we know him to be very successful at at Frankfurt, didn't have the greatest at times at Bayern Munich obviously and I mean Voicebook is not the calmest surroundings to work at we know that to be sure so yeah I don't know what he can do but um, the squad needs to bring more on the pitch than they have so far
0: yeah, not a particularly effective mix thus far. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about uh, another few away wins from the match day. Mites were one nil winners over Borussia Mönchengladbach. I thought this was a really action packed game with with puzzlingly few goals. I mean, Mites were totally turning the screws on the foals in the early stages. It was maybe the first 10 minutes. They could have scored a couple of goals. Then Gladbach turned around and they could have scored a couple of goals for the remainder of the first half, including a really frustrating sequence in which Marcus Thuram, you know, having missed a couple of of shots earlier or fluffed a little bit, he decided to set up Florian Neuhaus on a a breakaway instead of taking a crack at a goal himself, which – Turned out to be the wrong choice in that, uh, you know, Dominic Cork came back and stuck his foot in. Things really took a turn, though, in the in the second half. Uh, Ko Itakura got himself sent off for a last-man foul. Aaron struck for Mainz on a free kick. It was just a hole too deep for the Foles to dig themselves out of. Eva, do you think this was just maybe a, a self-inflicted result from Gladbach? I don't want to take credit away from Mainz. Or, you know, was it just the Bayern Curse. Getting a result against Bayern means the next week things things didn't, don't go so well.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, I have to admit I had dinner at that time and um, yeah, wasn't really sad about missing that game. Yeah, I think with Gladbach, I don't want to really say it's the Bayern course or it's self inflicted because I mean, with Mainz, they one of the teams I was actually surprised to see them up that far up the table, <laughs> which is not supposed to be an insult I was just really have to admit did not really take a lot of looks on on the Bundesliga it, the last couple of weeks
0: it It is unusual to be fifth in the league and have a goal difference of zero so you know <laughs> some things have gone your way if
1: that's the case. <laughs> yeah and I mean obviously sometimes football is just like if you have that one small momentum. Can you use it? Minds did obviously in in a perfect fashion. I mean we with Avon Martin we know that he's uh, his free kicks are really, really good. And they he stepped up in this game. Um so I think it's a mix of both of yeah, Gladbach not using their chances, so a bit self inflicted, but also of the quality Minds can bring on the pitch. If they won, and I mean, obviously, their biggest goal was not to concede four goals. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, at the same time, yeah, winning the game. And I mean, they managed to do that. And I mean, think in the end, really, uh, first and foremost, their their concentration was on defense. And um, in the end, as mentioned, worked out. So I think for them, they take the win.
0: Jelly good for Mainz. Okay. Another big away win in the league. Uh, Hertha, 2-0 winners in Augsburg. That's their first win of the season. They put a little bit of breathing room between themselves and the bottom of the table where they've spent so much time the last few years. Doni Luca Bacchio put uh, put Hertha up just before the half – before the hour mark, rather. Uh, And none other than Marco Richter iced the results in injury time, capping off a break led by Davy Zelka that was – Kind of a carbon copy of the one that Gladbach had fluffed or fluffed later in the day. Yeah. Can we take a moment just to recognize the amazing story of Marco Richter scoring this goal in this place at this time?
1: Yeah, obviously. It's what we call Geschichten, die nur der Fußball schreibt. So, I mean, obviously amazing story with him fighting cancer coming back and then i mean he was very close scoring i think a goal last week already as well uh, and he got that goal here and i mean it uh, it was perfect team effort in the end with with zeke having his head up high and and finding marco richter in the end uh, it's a great story for him obviously at uh, his former club as well or against his former club so yeah obviously a great story and i mean i think in my opinion, the the lead for Herta came at a very important time because, especially in the first half, Oxford was in control, or it had or put a lot of pressure on Herta. There were several scenes where they, you had the feeling that Herta was not in the game at all. They had problems breaking free. Obviously. What we know of Oxford games, it's it's very, very physical. This was again, and uh, I mean, Herta could be a bit lucky, is still my opinion, that they were not putting down to 10 men.
0: Yeah, I think you might be right there. <laughs> Oremovic was pressing his luck quite hard in the first half.
1: I mean, we always say it's if there is a clear shot on goal. And in my opinion, there was. And I think Kempf was close to Rimovic. But I'm not really sure if he would have had any fair way of stopping that shot. So, yeah, I was a bit surprised because I thought for a second Brandt is already reaching for his back pocket. It looked like it, but he has not like every other referee, as it seems, his cards in the front pocket of his shirt but in the front pocket of his trousers, his shorts. And so I I thought he was kind of already pulling out the red card. I was like, yeah, very clear. Not completely sure whether VAR didn't overrule this, probably had to do something with communication, which we cannot hear, sadly. Transparency, yay. So yeah, I mean, it would have been a different game then. But yeah, I think uh, the way they came out, and at at halftime uh, into the second half was a really good reaction. In the end, they uh, deserved to win because especially in the second half, Augsburg did not really offer anything.
0: Yep, yep. It it was getting to be a bit of a a broken record hearing about how credibly Sandro Schwaz's Hertha were playing while not picking up very many points. So the win will probably do them some good. Werner Bremen, they were also winners away from home. Although, doesn't matter where you play, Bochum. Everyone beats them right now. They're on zero points. Foul fell Bochum, after five games. They surrendered two goals in the final 15 minutes against Bremen, which, you know, it's got to be disappointing for them, but that's just kind of what Bremen do. They score late. Niklas Fulkrug was uh, on target both times for them. Any hypotheses about what's going on with Bremen? I think they've scored six or seven of their 12 goals this season past the 80th minute mark
1: <laughs> i think sometimes especially as a promoted club it's important to be in the game for 90 minutes and sometimes 50 minutes or 10 minutes are enough and they just show that they're physically they're able to to run the extra mile a bit longer than their opponents from time to time they scored late goals versus frankfurt although there wasn't enough obviously um, most famous ones against against Dortmund. I think it also has something to do with the players they can bring on. for example, Oliver Burke, he obviously um, I think was the one that was being fouled before the, the penalty that then Foucault took. If I'm not mistaken, and that was kind of a solo run. So, yeah, I think I, I have to say I'm a huge fan of Ole Werner, so I'm happy to see him strive so far. I mean, for, for Bochum, the game could have not been worse. They scored the first goal, it was taken away due to handball, I think. Then Bream scores they were hoping it was would be taken away for foul, which i still not sure why. And I think then it, they scored the equaliser as well. And it was taken away due to offside, I think then. So, uh, yeah, very unlucky, obviously, with everything around the club that is happening, the... Talks about Thomas Reis being linked with Schalke before they signed Frank Kramer with half of the officials leaving the club. It's a difficult time um, and it does not help them. Obviously, zero points, no win. They were so close a couple of times, but it seems like the luck that was on their side from time to time last season has left them so far. And that them, yeah, not probably having that typical kind of promoter teams with them to kind of back them up a bit is not doing them any favor. And so far, it seems like it's really going to be the difficult second year for them. And that they, especially defensively, they have not finally recovered with Amit Belakotshap and Maxim Leitch leaving the club, although they have other good central defenders but obviously the whole mix it doesn't really I mean they overperformed uh, last season I think it's not an insult to say that they just overperformed but I think they need some overperforming now because especially at home they were a very strong team and for the majority of time they were not really good against Vera as well they didn't really have the right answers didn't really put that much pressure on Pavlenko for his ball, and Pavlenko was there when needed and yeah it does not look good so far I think they're really looking forward to the international break
0: yeah I can only imagine I can only imagine they're uh, they're counting the days okay finally we have one more result to go through That that's uh, Schuttgart and Schalke they played to a 1-1 draw both goals came in pretty rapid succession in the first half second half was a lot of uh, of, of Bay actually kind of Hanging on for dear life with a man down. I don't think really either of these clubs will be particularly happy with a one point result here. You know, Schalke, of course, they're desperate not to go straight back down to the Zweite Bundesliga. Stuttgart had plenty of flirtation with that last season before rescuing themselves at the last moment. Now, you are a committed, long time Zweite Bundesliga watcher. Having watched, you know, the first five five match days of the Bundesliga season and more than just Stuttgart and Schalke but looking at the the lower reaches of the table really all these teams Hertha, Leverkusen, Augsburg, Wolfsburg, Bochum, who are your early favorites to join your beloved Zweite Bundesliga next season?
1: Well, obviously I said it before with with Bochum sure, at yeah. this stage, I'm, I'm not sure how they want to turn it around, especially with the whole chaos that is surrounding this club. I got to say, I'm not completely sure about Stuttgart. I mean, they were struggling, obviously, toward the end of last season. zasha Kalajic, who had the most unfortunate start into a new club, you could imagine, I think he tore his ACL in this first game for for Wolverhampton, which is probably the worst thing that could happen. I think it's the second time in three years, which basically means that coming back, playing football could be very unlikely, actually. But yeah, for Stuttgart, I mean, it's never good when the focus that is being put out by club officials... After the game is Well It's the ref's fault Sven Mislintat It's probably Although he might be right From time to time Emotions can take over But I think In a way Last week With Matarazzo This week I think Mislintat Actually saw a yellow card As well It, It does not Shine a good light On your club in times like these, and obviously, they have a good squad. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of players like Sosa and Silas. I really liked them back in their promoted days, but obviously, it's. I'm not sure if they can hold on. I'm not sure about Matarazzo. I wasn't sure about him from time to time last season when I was only saying good stuff about Stuttgart, Stuttgart fans were like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and and I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. This is the right approach at the moment. So yeah, Stuttgart being one. And maybe, maybe even Augsburg, I'm not completely convinced with Enrico Maasen so far. And I mean, it's a huge risk taking him on as a coach. And Obviously, we saw some good football versus Hertha today. But all in all, I mean, not to be rude, but it's the same old first and foremost physical FC Augsburg. And they might break the unrelegated spell. The, those three might be the ones. Do you think the other ones will recover, just as mentioned before, financially? They are in a better position. I mean, with Augsburg, obviously, the amount of media talk that was around Ricardo Pepe, which I felt kind of so sorry for, because obviously, first and foremost, the media section at FC Augsburg was the reason so many people laughed at him not being really the player on the pitch he should be, which is a striker, and him being on loan now to Koning, and I think this it's all not really great, especially when they bought him for like 16 million and is being loaned out after his first season in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, they have a lot of young, talented players. Arnemaier, obviously, they've just signed Berisha, so I have the feeling they have half of the U21 squad in their team. But, yeah, as mentioned, I'm not completely sure. And they might be the ones, and obviously for Schalke, I know Frank Kramer and obviously they could I know that a lot of Schalke fans are now knowing what we meant with do not think actually paying money for Frank Kramer is is, is a good idea Uh, because obviously he still was under contract at Bielefeld and because they took him in their reins, they had to pay off a mini Bielefeld. So yeah, not sure about this. I mean, I, I, everything Shaika fans are saying from what he says on press conference, how his teams are playing, like, well, it's not that bad and we could have deserved more than a point. I like, I know this talk. Praise <laughs> yourself. It's not going to be great. And especially with the squad he has. I mean, he has just from the names, obviously, a better squad than he had back at Bielefeld and... Even as the Monteirolo looks frustrated from time to time, I don't really have the feeling every player is being shown his full potential. And yeah, they should have won those games. And this is this is always what you say. You have to win the games, not just draw, but you have to win the games against teams that might be, especially coming end of the season, be in that mix with you. And you, you have to win those games. And if, if that early in the season you do not miss, manage although you're the better team I don't know how it was the same against Voicebook. so many Schalke fans said well oh, we were the better team yeah it doesn't matter if you only draw in the end it doesn't give you any more points and this is sadly what we know from Frank Kramer that especially he has that one concept and if this is already the limit then yeah, I'm not sure <laughs>
0: All right. Well, for four strong candidates you've gone through there, we'll be watching the season unfold to see which one gets to join you in Zweite Bundesliga land. Before we go, we do have results. The results The results are in from our uh, book giveaway contest for uh, Kit Holden's Scheiße. We're going up. The Unexpected Rise of Berlin's Rebel Football Club is book about as to FC Union Berlin, yeah, here are the winners. I'll be getting in touch with them directly, but uh, please, please do uh, feel free to set off firecrackers on Twitter if you're happy. Our, our winners are Attila Erturul in Turkey and Steve Chen in California. Congratulations to you both. I'll be, uh, you know, sending word on to Duckworth Books to send you your copies. Hope you enjoy them. Please do be in touch to let us know how the book turns out for you. Okay, that is it for this edition of Talking Football Direct, which was produced, as always, by Aidan Rantul. It was super having you back on, fun
1: Thanks for the invite. As always, it's a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I think we can be very interested in whatever happens with the Bundesliga this season.
0: For sure. You can always find her on Twitter at AFA underscore BOLA and hear much more of her every week on the Zweite Bundesliga pod. Check that out. If you want to contact me, I'm at Mr. Matt Herman over there talking foosball extra. He'll be coming up in a couple of days. Miss some next time, y'all.